1 John, chapter 2, verses 1 to 14, and can be found on page 1125 in the Church Bibles. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defence, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We have come, we know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is made truly God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. Yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and you, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you have known the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Well, we're pursuing this theme of light. You, you can see that. Um, this morning we're looking at uh, keep walking in the light. Last Sunday you looked at 
walking in the light. And the idea of this series, if you look at uh, the program, you see that each time there's a, a deliberate uh, emphasis, a repeat almost, uh, sort of uh, what I call a double-barrel approach. Do you have two shots at each subject? And that's what we want to pursue uh, in this uh, series that we are having. So uh, if you keep your Bibles open, uh, we're looking at uh, 1 John 2, 1 to 14. This uh, is, there's 10 sermons altogether as it brings us up to Advent and we already start to think about plans and so forth and how appropriate therefore that we should spend uh, time together in this series. Can I just make a plug also for our home groups? Uh, the notice sheet is going to be different. The questions are not going to be there. You'll have to do a little bit more uh, preparation. Prep before you come, not when you arrive. That would help. Um, be willing to participate. So therefore, listening this morning, you may want to say, oh yes, that's something that would be interesting. Um, try to stick to the topic. Healthy diversions are okay. Um, and let's be sensitive to one another and know the privilege of <coughs> mutual fellowship. So bear all those things in mind, and uh, I'm sure this will be a profitable series that we are pursuing. So here we are, uh, walking, keep walking in God's light. Let's try to sum this up uh, in one sentence for a moment, and it's this. If we are going to stick at it, we are going to keep walking in the light, then the emphasis is this. Don't, don't give up. It's so easy to do that when the pressure is on and the best of us can find ourselves. Fatigue sets in and a sense of, well, what's the point? And church life can be like that. Work life, family life, community, marriage, relationships with our extended family and friends. Don't give up. Don't give up. I want to use one uh, cross-section. I think this will be the only one uh, which is in Acts chapter 18. And it's a salutary uh, challenge and at the same time encouragement that the Lord had to intervene in the life of the Apostle Paul and tell him exactly that. Don't give up. It is something that is easy to do. And that's why we need each other. And I think that's why the home groups are particularly a great help, a stimulus, as we share and as we cultivate a degree of confidence and prayer. Well, here is Paul uh, in Corinth, and it's Acts chapter 18. It should come up here. It's verses 9 to 11. And he's a very interesting example of how the Lord speaks to him. You, you'll see that um, Corinth, some commentators say, what was Paul's thorn in the flesh? Some say it was Corinth, a, a remarkable church, but a very troublesome church, very gifted church, but a very divided church. And in this context, as he's involved in church planting, uh, the Jews have... Uh, dismissed Paul as being uh, unacceptable. He's brushed the dust off his feet, if you like. He's gone to the Gentiles, and now he's having a tough time with the Gentiles. Not very nice. But there it is in Acts 18, verse 9. One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. 
No, the, the Lord has spoken to some of us in visions or in dreams. Now he's talking to us through his word. The media doesn't matter. The main thing is he speaks to us and we listen. What does he say? Here it is. Don't be afraid. Keep on speaking. The very thing that he was called to do was the thing that he was finding most difficult. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you. And no one is going to harm you. And what's the reason? Because you really are a lovely Christian and I know you're having a tough time. No! We, we think like that so often, don't we? What's the Lord say? The reason I'm telling you not to be silent, the reason I'm telling you is don't be discouraged, is this. I have many people in this city. That's the point. And not just for ourselves we keep going. Not only for the glory of God, but for the blessing of others. Don't give up. Don't give up on, on marriage, in the privacy of our home, or on home groups to become disillusioned or cynical, or be a sort of Christian who keeps your card so close to your chest. Nobody knows anything about you. You like it like that. It's safe like that. Safe and sterile. Maybe people have broken a confidence, and you say, I'm not doing it again. Do it again. Have you never broken a confidence? Well, don't give up on family and friends and relationships. All these things are a vital part of living out our lives in, a, in an imperfect and a fallen world as we have imperfect believers with all of our besetting sins and weaknesses. Don't give up. That's what it means to keep walking in the light. Be willing to be accountable. After all, isn't that the verse that we embarked upon at the beginning of the year? It seems it's almost... The months have rolled by so quickly. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Exactly the same thing. The Lord your God will be with you. He is the light. He'll be with you wherever you go. That is, in a way, what we're trying to do in this series, I hope it becomes more obvious, is in a way we're saying, yes, that's what it says. Now, this is what it means. And sometimes in our preaching, we're a bit low on application. Or perhaps we don't like the application. Explaining the Bible is relatively easy. Applying it to us in, in our changing situations with compromise and pressures and all those things. Now that's a different thing. That is a different thing. And that's the cutting edge of being believers together. Don't give up. And if Paul needs that, well of course so do we. So let's do three quick tests that come out of this opening uh, theme here. We're going to track back a little for the first heading. So it's the test, the test of the character of God. If God is who he says he is, certain things begin to kick in. And then secondly, the test of, of this, it's the challenge of obedience. It isn't simply about believing, but of obeying in difficult times. And then finally, it's the choice of love. How often the Spirit comes to us and says, choose you this day, whom you will serve. Choose. You choose. And we choose again and again. Right. The character of God. You see this uh, in verses 5 and 6. Walk in the truth. There's a subheading with each of these headings. The character of God, what does it mean? I am walking in the truth. Walking in the truth. The the problem with this, this, uh, the church in, in Asia Minor was there was a sort of a false teaching, a heresy doing, doing the rounds and saying something like this. You know, I've been a Christian now, I've had amazing experiences and uh, 
Uh, I think I've reached a stage where sin doesn't really influence me anymore. I think that I have reached this stage where I'm not tempted like I used to be. They used to call it in the 17th, 18th century, sinless perfection. If you can go an hour without sinning, why can't you go a day? And so they developed this sort of teaching. And John is reflecting. He's taking that up and he's saying to them, look, if we say we have no sin, what are we doing? Oh, we're just deceiving ourselves. Chances are we're not deceiving many other people. Because it becomes patently obvious if we get close enough to them and them to us that we are far from perfect. So in verse 5 and 6, this is the message we've heard from him and declared you God is light in him is no darkness at all if we claim to have fellowship with him but yet walk the meaning of walk of course is live or relate if we walk in the darkness if that's our lifestyle a sort of a sub-Christian culture where nobody else knows about it well we lie we are a living lie and we are denying the truth it's a pretty salutary word isn't it so this is what was going on. That's, that's what he has in mind. Those in these Christian communities uh, that he's writing to said that they are without sin. They've come to that point of such spirituality that they've left it behind. And John, in effect, in our modern, if you like, in conversation, said, don't be so daft. Are you serious? Don't be stupid. My sin is ever with me, the psalmist says. And what's his cry? Not I've arrived. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. That's the cry of the person who's walking in the light. There's a connection, isn't there? I hope you can make it. It's a bit like this. What John is keen to emphasize is that we should be regularly confessing our sins, our wrongs. It may be that we have to say sorry. That's part of it. We're not standoffish. If you are perfect, you don't need to say sorry. What must it be like to live with such a person? I wonder. We need to be regularly confessing our sins. I used to say years ago, uh, a previous generation, in your relationship with God, keep short account. Don't get into debt. Don't allow sins to build up and accumulate and say, yeah, that's okay, I'll sort that out later on. And it just builds up and builds. And there's a backlog of sin. That's what he's after here. So practical, isn't it? So personal. Don't keep, or do keep short accounts with God. Don't delay. Don't think that sin is a little thing. Because little thoughts will result in big words. And words become actions. They become tangible. They are externalized from our mind. And we verbalize things. And actions become habits. And habits become a character. And a character becomes a destiny. You see this? Do you see the, the sequence? And John breaks into that, says, Don't deceive yourself. Don't do that. It's the test of the character of God. If you turn over one page, you come to two John, and, and, and you'll see an interesting thing here. That he, he's written to them and he has cause to write again and again. And what does he do? He's on the same theme. 
It isn't because he hasn't got other things to say. It's just that these are very important. John 2. It's the epistle of John 2, verse 4. And here you have it. What a lovely thing for a pastor to say to to, uh, his congregation. It has given me great joy to find some of you children walking in the truth just as the Father commanded us. And then there's a a word to the lady who's in leadership in the church. An interesting uh, side uh, digression there. But we stick to the theme. Verse 6. And this is love. That, there it is, that we walk in obedience to his commands. Look, there are lots of things you don't know, a lot of things you don't understand. This you know, this you do understand. Stay with that. Stay with that. As you've heard from the beginning, his command is this, walk in love. And there's an interchange between walking in light, walking in love, living it out. So it's a, a, a lovely theme. And then, if that wasn't enough, he says it again in verse 9. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue, continue his walk in the teaching of Christ, does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. That's the acid test. The character of God. Secondly, the challenge of obedience. We all know, some of us have been coming to church for years and years. We, we, we know what it is to listen to a sermon and we, we, we would know if it's not quite in line with Scripture and, and we can analyze and, you know, and that's good. But that's not what he's after here. That's not saying that we, we, we can preach heresy and you wouldn't know. The point is, is what's the application of what we do now? So it, the, the subheading then is this, that the challenge of obedience, walk in the light. We're to walk in the truth, walk in the light. Come back to our, our, the reading, uh, 1 John 2 and verse 3. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. It's not very complicated. Obey him in what you know. Trust him with what you don't know. That's fair enough. Let me put it like this. And life is like this. There are some things in life you will only learn through experience. As some of the young folk have gone uh, this weekend away uh, to university and they're going into that uh, privileged position to learn. You couldn't go to university or to school to learn certain things. It's on the anvil of experience. It's in the, the, if you like, the cauldron of life where you learn things, hard things. Some things are only known by experience. And you say, I've been there. I've been there. Look in verse is four to six, for example. The man who says, I know him, quote, unquote, so, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how you have assurance. Assurance is a very subjective thing. Obedience is a very objective thing, and they come together. In other words, let me put it almost in a negative way, and it's perhaps more particular to Bible-believing Christians, that, that Christianity is more than just words. It is that. Precious, true, authentic words, it is that. But it is much more than that. 
And obedience, ultimately, is the mark of authenticity. I'm not perfect, but I am obeying the Lord in that area that he's challenged me about. I have lots of issues, unresolved uh, difficulties, unanswered questions. Many, of course, but here, I'm walking. That's what he's saying. I don't think this type of teaching is very popular today. I mean, we want to feel good. John says, I want you to be good. And get your feelings by the scruff of the neck and bring them with you. If we live our lives only on feelings, we're going to be in trouble, aren't we? And often we are. The test of walking or living in the light is that I'm growing in loving obedience. This is tough, but God is good. This is hard, but God is faithful. Well, think of the obedience of Jesus. You have it in, in, in verse 2. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but for the sins of the whole world. The language, the beautiful language of Charles Wesley, these arms of love that encompass me would all mankind embrace. Such is the potential of redeeming, redeeming love of Jesus. But he is the atoning sacrifice. He is the substitute who comes and, and takes our place. The wonder then, he could say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And our response, yes, without the way, I, I'm lost. Without the truth, I'm confused. Without the life, I'm just here. It's the challenge of obedience. And lastly, it's the choice of love. It comes down to that, doesn't it? Uh, we're going to have a wedding on Friday and the question that Paul and Charlotte are going to be asked is will you take this woman will you take this man to, to love and to cherish will you it would be absurd wouldn't it in public say well you know I've got uh, I'm sure you find Christians talking like that when they're asked to do something they say oh well you know I'm not uh, spend their lives like that in the twilight of nothingness, lack of real commitment. Well, I don't like to take, I want to be risk-free, risk-averse. All relationships have risks. But you walk in love. You walk in love. And so these verses 7 to 40, it's very interesting. Um, it's, it's a, it's a, if you read it very carefully, 7 and 8, it's a wonderful play on words. It almost seems to be what, I, what, you, what will come up here, the classic oxymoron. I'm not being rude, it is in the dictionary, and it means a figure of contradictory speech. You say something, it seems to be the opposite. It's a classic example of that. You can see it, verse 7 and 8. Let me read it to you. Dear friends, I'm not writing you a new command, but an old one. That I understand which you've heard from the beginning. The old command is the message you've heard. Yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and you, because the darkness is passing and the light is already shining. Oh, be wonderful. Uh, ask in, the, in, in your home group, what is that? What do we think that means? Tease it out. It's, it's, it's a lovely play on words. What is it? Well, yes, it's old. And yes, it's new. And, you say, what is that? Well, 
From the very beginning, God has demonstrated his love. The first commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and so forth. It's old and new. New in this sense that it was lived out in human history through Jesus Christ, a dynamic love, an authentic love, an agape love, which is the deepest need of every human being who has lived on this earth. It's old. It's new. And you see in verse 8 now, stay with this, that this love is in him, in Jesus. You can see that, verse 8. Now that's an amazing thing. It's no wonder the, the hymn writers have a field day, or the modern songwriters, about this love. Amazing love. How can it be? You, my God, should die for me. Amazing indeed. Oh, when I survey this wondrous cross, you know, those are familiar hymns and words, woven into the very fiber of our faith and our, and our desires. But there's more. This is in him. If you get this right... He goes on to say in verse 8, yes, this love is in him, okay, and you. There you are. Now, how's that? This love is in you. If you truly come to faith in Jesus Christ, his love is in you. That's why we choose to walk in love. That's why sometimes we're willing to be vulnerable. That's why we're not people who keep our counsel to ourselves, who are an unknown quantity. We're not people who just ricochet off like as if billiard balls on a table. We relate. We hurt. We hurt others. That's what we like. And we need to confess and we need to be accountable and we need to walk in the truth, walk in the light and walk in love. Walk in love. This is in him. But the staggering thing is, it's in you. And Jesus took up this, didn't he, to his disciples as a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. It's in you. If you have my spirit, it's in you. A deepening love, a growing love. The love of Jesus. By this will all people know something. You are my disciples. This is a, a new command. And it creates two things very quickly. It creates a new family. That's the genius of fellowship. Fellowship is a very special thing. There are other people who are part of strong, close-knit groups and communities who are not believers. I was reading in the paper yesterday one of the miners who died. Uh, and he was 62 years of age. And uh, somebody was interviewed outside the community center in Ross, just two miles from where I was born. And she was saying that the husband and wife are talking and says, look, dear, you, you know, don't go in today. It's with things going on. Can you imagine that conversation? And for her never to speak to her husband again. Charles Breslin, 62. He had recently moved with his wife to the house that he had built, ready for his retirement that he would not have. I'm reading from the paper. Most, his, one of his friends say, left the, the pits. Charlie carried on because he loved the work and the comradeship. 62. Hard work. Got his retirement house, but he enjoyed the camaraderie. 
There are many people who enjoy deep relationships who are not believers. Well, how much more should we, if we have God's spirit, that we're willing to come to church and not... Well, it's absurd, isn't it? Utterly absurd. Life's short. Opportunities are given. That's why we should be people who are willing to confess, to realize that we are imperfect at best. And we need his love within us so that we are not intolerant. We are gracious and godly. So it's a new family. It's a new camaraderie. And, and what is this family? Well, there he gives it. Look, verse 12, 14. Children, young men, fathers. Are you a spiritual father? So that somebody could come to you and, 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 and you would pray with them and you'd, 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 you'd talk to them and, and you'd listen to them. Are you? A spiritual, spiritual father, spiritual mother within the community of people. Well, I hope you are. Well, you know. And young men who are strong. And children who are being nurtured. It's a very beautiful picture, isn't it? The immature. The strong, the mature. So, you see what John's doing. He's saying this is what it means. Most of the sermon is not explaining, but applying. I hope that by God's Spirit, that application for all of us will say there's things I need to do. Attitudes that need to change. Relationships need to be healed confession that needs to be made and where better than at the Lord's table